All right, welcome to old school, everybody. Um, so uh, we got a lot to cover on this program. Uh, of course, uh, Jank Uger, Mark Thompson with you guys today, uh, brought to you by shoptyt.com, where you can get these very stable genius shirts. Uh, and boy, is that fitting, because we're gonna talk about how insane Donald Trump is pretty much literally. Uh, and then I've got new TYT Army shirts I'll show you later. But so I love these kind of um, uh, hoodies. Yeah. Uh, and I got one at a YouTube event and I was so psyched about it. And I didn't know we were doing them all of a sudden. Oh, that's TYT. sweet. Very sweet. How cool is that? I love this. So that's shop. Well, there are a few things, and Jank, you're not the fashion plate that I am. No, but there that's are a few true. things that stick out. I like how the. Cords pop. You'll notice that they're mm. white, mm, and they it's do. set off against the light blue, and it just looks really hot. Yeah, look, the the guys, the the folks at, at shoptyt.com might be thugs, uh, but they're fashionable thugs. <laughs> they're thugging fashionably. Okay. By the way, the very stable genius, as you know, is my very favorite uh, thing. I, should, I it, it's close. Like the hat. I like to a lot. Actually, there's a lot of stuff on tyt tyt uh, the shop that I like. But anyway, I love the very stable genius. I just want to make one quick point. I'm glad that he's brought that back. He kind of rebooted it. You know, he said it early on in his kind yeah, of run, yeah. and they didn't say it again. And I was wearing it, and I noticed it wasn't getting you as know, much pop as it and used people to. write it. I thought people think that I'm saying I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> it was kind of weird. I, I mean this. It was a problem. Yeah. Now he's brought it back. It's re. It's 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 been given fresh life. Yeah, I, I had a woman at Trader Joe's the other day. It wasn't this. I we had the resist the forty fifth shirt, uh -huh. and she just looked at me and said, "I like that shirt." <laughs> <laughs> okay, she didn't know who I was at all. I was like, "I agree with you," and so do the thugs at shoptyt.com. <laughs> So, why do I refer to them as thugs? Because they make me wear excellent clothes, okay? And slash, if you saw them, they're the least thuggish people on <laughs> see, the see. planet, okay? It's the irony. Yes, okay, so Trump's insane. There's a story about it from CNN, uh, only to be outdone by a story from the Wall Street Journal right before we got on air here at Recording All School Live on, on Wednesday night. Uh, members get the, the show uh, live, uh, tyt.com slash trial if you wanna try it out. Okay, so, um, and then I saw uh, an interesting uh, article about how China is threatening us uh, and uh, that was kind of interesting. That's about, about the mineral with, with yeah. the, yeah. So I wanna talk about that. And okay. then I saw uh, that the mainstream media and uh, folks in Washington have decided to counterattack against me because I have touched their beloved Nancy Pelosi. Oh, uh, and so uh, they don't quite. You know, a lot of these folks they don't know me at all, right? Um, and so the first time they make contact with the progressive base, their heads are blown. They're like, "What is this?" Right? They're like, "Like Charles Pierce, otherwise decent writer at Esquire, right?" But he's like, huh, this is crazy. <laughs> How can he say this about Nancy Pelosi? Right? And then, like, then a whole bunch of people from Washington retweet. I'm like, who are these people? It's like, oh, worked for Harry Reid for six years, Democratic strategist. I can't believe he's saying that about Nancy Pelosi. Doesn't he know that's outlawed in Washington? Right? They didn't actually literally say these things. Okay, so if they saw this, they're like, that's not true. I didn't say that. And I didn't use that tone of voice. That guy's, you know, this is a, the tone of voice is implied. Yes, that's right. By the way, I'm going to make the most random point about Robert Mueller, okay? So today as he was doing his press conference, um, I, I thought, like I get it. I get why he wants to hide, right? Because if someone is quiet, it makes them more powerful. It makes you wonder like what are they up to, right? And if they're behind the scenes, etc. Because the minute I heard Robert Mueller, I was like, I did not expect that voice. <laughs> he looks like a dude made out of granite. And I thought he was gonna have a voice. No, like, you're right. I thought maybe he'd have a voice like you, Mark. Yeah, and, I could redub him. Yeah, and yeah. he and he came, <laughs> how are I we not doing that? that. How yeah, are I could we have dubbed that, that whole statement that he did. Yeah, and it would have yeah. come out much stronger, yeah. right? Uh, we uh, do not find insufficient evidence on the issue of obstruction. Oh, God damn it, he did the obstruction, we gotta go, right? Whereas he, I was shocked at how, I don't know how to put it, and I'll put it in politely, I don't mean any harm by it, but like dweebish his voice was, yeah. right? He's like, and then you know what we found? And I was like, 
what? <laughs> right? I was like, where's Robert Mueller? They have the real Robert Mueller in a bunker somewhere? That's not quite fair. I mean, <laughs> totally he wasn't, not fair. He's not yes. Wilbur Ross. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I take your point. He's also you expected, as you say, this this granite-faced, you know, kind of uh, uh, this vision of authority that we've become accustomed to only hearing about and catching little, you know, speculation about. We expected that voice uh, to be self-assured, powerful. And it was, he was almost a bit halting even as he read the statement. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it was, yeah, I yeah. think that's a fair point. Yeah. I was just taken aback by it. I just didn't, I never realized what the man behind the green curtain sounded like. Yeah. And so, of course, he does, he lets most of the time, he lets his documents do the talking for him. That's true. Yeah. And the documents sound strong in my head. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I dub it over with Mark Thompson's voice <laughs> when I'm go. reading the when Mueller report. When you read report. it, That's you read right. it with Mark Thompson. And voice. Uh, Congress should act next. In other words, impeach the mother. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you can curse on old school. Feels so good. I okay. know. I just realized that when you said that. Yes. Okay. Uh, and if you're saying, no, that got beeped, what are you talking about? Just become a member, uncensored. <laughs> I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying, okay? I'm, I, oh, there's insufficient evidence that you should be a member of the Blaze, but there is sufficient evidence that you should be a member of the Young Turks. Okay, tyt.com slash trial. All right, anyways, uh, so- So that happened. So that happened. Uh, but in the words of FDR, uh, referring to the Washington attacks against me, um, um, I like how I've made three people on Twitter Washington. Okay, uh, <laughs> it does sound like an uprising. I yeah, don't know. yeah, it's it's an uprising of the elites. Yeah. like they have uprising. One said I. The second one said do. The third one said declare. <laughs> I do declare. They said in unison against Uger. <laughs> The Visigoth How who dare dared you? to question How Nancy dare Pelosi. you, Yuga? Yes. Come um, after our political queen. Yeah. Um, okay. So So they busted on you for being critical of Pelosi. Yeah. So I had tweeted out that uh, when uh, I, I wrote an article in the Hill about how Nancy Pelosi is not a progressive, which uh, the base rather enjoyed, right? Because they're progressives and they get it and it's logical. Uh, and then I retweeted it today. I had written it a couple of weeks ago saying, I want to thank Nancy Pelosi for proving me spectacularly correct uh, by, you know, since she's uh, choosing not to impeach Donald Trump against all available evidence, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, uh, and when um, you got Justin Amash to the left of you, you might not be a progressive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and so that's what they, of course, they were all very bothered by. And they're like, I do. Do you know who Justin Amash is? Because they always like talk down to us, like because they think, oh, these progressives—they don't know anything. We play three-dimensional chess in Washington. First, you have to surrender to the Republicans so that you could later surrender to them more. And at the end, when you finally capitulate, it'll be perfectly embarrassing. Oh, I didn't know you were playing that kind of three-dimensional chess. Oh, Justin Amash is a super right winger. Otherwise, oh, Charlie Pierce—I didn't know that. Color me surprised. What would I know? I'm just, I'm just a barbarian at the gate. You know, us unwashed masses, the progressive base. We don't know any of the sophisticated things you do in Washington. What, what is it that you speak of with this Amash character? Yeah, we know who Justin Amash is. You clown. Okay, that's why it's an insult when you say Pelosi is to the right of Amash. Oh, by the way, also you. <laughs> Members, you got that. The F, you got it directly. Yeah, okay, okay. Right. The um, uh, tell me what the calculation is that is being done by Pelosi, uh, because those who speak defending her, of which, as you know, there's no small number in Washington, right? And that's kind of what you've talked about. Um, they say, no, 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 you don't get it. It's it's potentially playing with political fire, if not political suicide, to begin them. Explain that what their what their argument is. And yeah, their argument. Uh, uh, so first, I'll do this unsophisticated way, where the people in Washington said, "I knew it. I do declare. I've declared again." Okay, and that argument is full of horse crap. Okay, so the, but let me break it down for you. 
so I'm gonna only spend a little bit of time on this because we did a little bit on the Young Turks today, and then I'll get to the the absolute unbelievable insanity of Donald Trump. This story from the Wall Street Journal today, like just when I thought he can't get any more insane, he did it. Mm. He did it. Okay, so we'll get to that. But on Pelosi, so so first of all, they have the thing of okay, you know, impeachment always leads to political. It's a strategy that always backfires politically, right? Mm-hmm. Now, why do they say that? Because the only impeachment of their, well, a lot of their lifetimes are pretty old, so they might have seen Nixon, but but they always go refer back to Clinton. Sure. But it's apples and oranges because Clinton was a popular president. Donald Trump's a very unpopular president. They try to impeach Bill Clinton over absolutely nothing. They started with Whitewater and ended up with a blue dress, right? I was I should know I was a Republican back then, and I thought even then, and I love making fun of Clinton, and I thought it was hilarious that he was cheating on his wife and he got caught, and I was a dick about it, okay? Right. But I thought you're not going to impeach that guy over that. That's crazy. They lost the whole country over it. They lost Republicans over it. Whereas the whereas at this point, not just Democrats, which is like I think 80% want him impeached, but most of the country is like, why aren't they impeaching him? Right. Like, what is wrong with you people? I mean, even Justin Amash is saying, even Justin Amash is saying, impeach, what is wrong with you, right? So, uh, by yeah. the way, here's another Washington guy. <laughs> like, that's what I love about the Twitter app. Like, whenever a blue check person makes a comment, it sends you a notification. Oh. Okay. So then I, uh, I'm keeping it real, and then I look to see who it is. And of course, look, it's a writer for, uh, it's in the past has written for Salon, Wonket, Daily Beast, Alternate, McSweeney, IJR. That's weird. Okay, so that's conservative. I think the last one. So, but it's it's not the mainstream media. It's not just the Democratic officials in Washington who attacked me. It's the mainstream media. They're like, how you can't say that about Pelosi? You're supposed to be journalists, heads. You're supposed to challenge government. You're supposed to hold them to account. But when anyone does, they circle the wagons. That's our beloved Pelosi. No one let him let him through. Don't let him through. Pelosi, we got you. Watchdogs, <laughs> get the f- out of here. All right. So you you see, I'm in a fun mood. Okay. <laughs> so back to Pelosi and the uh, strategy that makes no sense. So they they. They're in the wrong time period with the wrong political calculation, etc. And even so, they're back then. It's not like the Republicans got hurt by impeaching Clinton in the sense that they went wound up picking up a lot more seats as they went on. It's not like oh that destroyed the Republican Party. What destroyed the one of the two parties was the leadership of Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, where we lost a thousand seats in a decade. But the media can't see straight, so. They they still think that they literally they call her she calls herself a master legislator but in that hill piece I went back and found dozens I only quoted three or four but dozens of instances of the media saying brilliant legislative tactician for what what did she ever come anyway it's too long to get into her whole crappy record of legislative non accomplishments. <gasps> I remember Bob Shrum almost got out of his seat at a political event when I said that. How about the Affordable Care Act? Okay, that's a, it's, it was Mitt Romney's plan in Massachusetts. It was the Heritage Foundation. She couldn't even put the public option in it, and they had a supermajority. Did you know that that supermajority did not last long? Okay, you guys are children, right? You and you are always patronizing, and it's gross. Anyway. So their political calculation is off there. Then they say, "Oh well, we're not going to win in the Senate anyway." Well, how do you know if you never try? The Democrats never ever actually try fighting for their own position. So then they say, "See, we lost." I know because you didn't try. You know, can you imagine if great athletes work that way? Tom Brady's like, "I mean, we're never going to beat the Seahawks." Just, <laughs> I mean, have you seen the Rams? We're not going to beat the Rams. They got a great offense and a great defense. No, no, no. It's just yeah, no. You guys take it. Take it, right? But 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 in politics, again, the Democratic establishment protects their own. I get it. It's gross, but I get it. The media is what bugs me. The media then comes out and goes, "No, Tom Brady's a, a surrender before the Super Bowl, genius." You know, he is a football master tactician, and the way that he just spiked the ball every time, wow! I didn't, I didn't see that coming. The way they punted on second down, genius. Okay. Anyway, you get it. And so 
Look, if you go to the Senate, so you could easily win in the House because the Democrats control the House. Although it's not that easy because Democrats are such cowards, I right. mean, they might help the Republicans. Um, so uh, then you go you go to the Senate and you put them on the spot. So here and and at that point, what you've done is you've had probably months of testimony. See that? Stop right there. That's why I think it's so very important. Bingo. You get it out into the daylight because no one's read the Mueller report. Now you're hearing more and more people say, "Well, I've been saying this for a long time." The Mueller report. Is one of those things that it's, you're hearing spoon-fed pieces of the Mueller report. You're hearing it on Sean Hannity, if that's your bent. Or you're hearing it on TYT, if that's your bent. But nobody's really cracking it up, because if you crack it open, it's pretty hard. There's yeah. Even it's redacted or mildly redacted form, however I mean, you want look, to go. It, so there's 11 clear instances of obstruction of justice. <clears throat> Today, Mueller comes out and says, yeah, if I thought that he uh, didn't commit a crime, I'd tell you. For example, I don't think he did conspiracy, which is what we call collusion, right? Um, he's like, on obstruction, on the other hand. Right, it was he did everything but <laughs> wink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, what? When? and then most right of all is Elizabeth Warren, who says on principle. I don't care what you think the politics of it is, and they're dead wrong on the politics. But even if you were right, so if you say, because I care so much about my political career, that I'm going to help Donald Trump evade justice, and then hurt our democracy by not enforcing the rule of law, well, then you've done great damage to this government and to this form of government, right? And so that to me, I'm already done with the conversation because that point is so persuasive and so obviously correct. You cannot set that precedent. And think about it not only in terms of what future presidents will do, but you, this president's bad enough. If What if he, first of all, over the next year and a half, but what if he wins a reelection? Then he has carte blanche. Right. He, you just told him the Justice Department, according to Mueller's interpretation, which now will not be questioned, cannot prosecute. Uh, or even charge a sitting president. And Nancy Pelosi has indicated the Democrats will not impeach you under any circumstance. So you have a blank check to break any law you like. And he'll go after it and it's, you know, I also think that this, uh, I mean, it's, by the way, I said the same thing on, on the radio today. I was making the point that I don't think you have any choice if you're the Democrats. I mean, yeah, I, you know, even if you thought it was gonna be disastrous right, for you, right. you don't have a choice. You just have to go, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's a must launch on this, on this. But I also feel as though there are a number of other things that could be folded into a, an impeachment proceeding. We keep focusing on the Mueller report, but the fact is there is corruption throughout this administration. There's pay to play, there's influence peddling. All these things can be done. You can subpoena uh, once these Deutsche Bank records start to come forward. 100%, well, exactly right, Mark. And I don't talk about that enough. And, and, and I didn't mention it on the Young Turks today. That's exactly, because once you open up that can of worms, I mean, Trump caught the break of a lifetime when Mueller did not investigate his business ties to the Russians. Yeah. And Mueller says in the Mueller report, look, part of the reason why you might like why the obstruction might happen, he says it in legalese, right? But is because he might be obstructing things we did not investigate. To which I was screaming, why didn't you? Right. Like, why do you think he was going so out of his way to obstruct? Because he thought you were going to look into his business ties with the Russians. When you came out with a report saying I didn't, I wrote 448 pages but didn't look into his business ties, he must have thought, God damn it, I knew it. I'm the luckiest son bitch alive. Right. Right. I mean, that guy, six bankruptcies and he's still here, right? When he leaned back in that chair in that sort of famous exchange and said, I'm fed. my presidency is over, I'm yeah, I mean that right. was that was what he was worried about. Of course, yeah. of course, Mueller did him the biggest favor, almost as much of a favor as when his daddy left him four hundred thirteen million dollars. <laughs> okay, so but if you start to actually do impeachment proceedings, and hence you must get these records, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the things that you will unveil will be amazing, and that's what's driving crazy. And so when Nancy Pelosi says. Um, you know, I'm not gonna fall into his trick of getting goaded into impeaching him. What on God's green earth are you talking about? There's no trick, that Donald Trump has never thought beyond step one in his entire life, he's incapable of it. He's one of the dumbest guys in the country. So again, all of this, every single thing I've said triggers Washington. No, no, Hillary Clinton lost to him, he can't be that dumb. No, he had a lot of brilliant strategy, I don't know what you're talking about, no, no way, right? And then, so, and they really have, like the minute an authority figure says it in Washington, 90% of the media immediately believes it. So they're like, oh, Pelosi playing three dimensional chess. 
Donald Trump wants to be impeached so that he can drink from the cup in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no cup in front of you coming in front of me, okay? They, no, it, it, of course he doesn't want to be impeached. Of course he doesn't. They get themselves twisted in pretzels to believe insane things that no one would believe if you didn't live in that in that power structure and that dynamic and that paradigm. All right, uh, last thing on him because we can go on forever is that. Um, so they think that well that'll really animate his base. So you asked why you know what are right. they thinking right? I got news for you guys. They're already animated. So you know what happened in 2018? So we it was I think the third largest victory in the history of the House in terms of swings of Congress, right? So it was already a landslide that the Democrats did, but it actually could have been much greater because there was giant Democratic voter turnout. But surprisingly, there was also very large Republican voter turnout. And so they're like, oh, they, they had all these elaborate theories. It was because this Kavanaugh, he, well, he got appointed. I mean, he made it on the Supreme Court, but the fact that he was challenged, the you know, uh, energized his base. No, guys, in 2016, uh, uh, white evangelical voters turned out at an astounding, unbelievable, record-breaking 85% voter turnout. In American history, that is like almost unheard of. And 81% of them voted for Donald Trump. That's why he won the election. They're animated already. He's a guy who hates the same people as they hate. They've never been so lucky. They feel so good. They're like, yes, I'm validated. I don't like Latinos either. And I hate Muslims, right? And trans people in my bathroom. Are you nuts? And this monster. Well, is saying out loud the things I've been telling Bob, my neighbor, this whole time. I love this guy. So your actions against them aren't going to be like, oh, they weren't going to show up otherwise. You know, they were just going to lay down. The Trump people—they're not at all excited. You know, those MAGA guys with the red hats—they were going to put them down, and you were going to win the Republicans in the suburbs, the mythical Republicans in the suburbs, right? And and but now that you went to do impeachment, they're like, okay, now we're angry. They're called the deplorables. They were angry to begin with. Okay, <laughs> why don't you go get? Hold for it. Hold for it. This is an idea never considered by the Democratic Party in Washington. Why don't you get your own voters to show up? Huh? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. The reality is they they're so smug and condescending, but they actually don't know shit. And you know how? I, it's, oh yeah, this big loudmouth on online. What does he know? Here's the fact I know, you lost a thousand seats, a thousand in just 10 years. All across the country, local, state, national, you got your ass handed to you. When Obama left, when Trump won, they had already won 69 out of the 99 state legislatures. That is a stunning record of failure. But I'm the bad guy for pointing it out. They're not the bad guys for losing a thousand seats. I'm the bad guy for saying it. Right, so you get it. Yeah, I, so the losing strategy of those, this, this, the losing strategy that yielded those losses, one after another, uh, scores of losses. What was that losing strategy? Focusing on the that that was a bigger that was a bigger issue. So we can get into a hundred nuances, but I'll summarize it in this. Um, and then I really do want to get to the insane story before we run out of time for the YouTube guys, uh, because first third is for YouTube. Public to everybody. Second, uh, first hour is podcast free for everybody. Okay, and then the whole uh, hour and a half is for just for members. Tyt.com/slash trial. Okay. By the way, they'll also look down their nose at us for that. Like, oh please, they want people to subscribe. What what the do you think the New York Times does? Right, right. They're like subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's right. This is the last of your free articles. That's right, right, right. But when the New York Times is it, it's sophisticated. I see. Yes, it's the way they ask. Yes, that's right. Anyway, so the core of the problem of why they lost a thousand seats is because they never made their own case. So Trump, as ignorant and ridiculous as he is, the one thing he does right is he runs towards the spotlight and then shouts. He shouts his case over and over and over again, as George W. Bush said. You got you know, one thing you got to do is you got to repeat things to catapult the propaganda, <laughs> right? And if anyone can catapult the propaganda, it's Donald J. Trump, right? If anyone can bury a message that is actually super helpful to their own cause, it's the Democratic Party. So, and look here, Obama has at least as much fault as Pelosi and Schumer does. 
So during the campaigns, Obama was a lion. I mean, he buried Mitt Romney. Some of those ads were some of the toughest ads I've ever seen, a wonderful job, crushed him, right? And I was really impressed. But when he's president, first term and second term, goes right back to a lamb. Whispers, doesn't want to make his own case. I mean, and then oftentimes would make the Republican case. Say, well, look, we need to compromise because the Republicans, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. The Republicans, they make their case plenty fine. You don't have to make it for them, right? Now, your job is to, I know, wait for it. Hold, this is going to shock Washington. Get ready to tweet. You're supposed to beat the Republicans. You're the opposing party. I, they're like, no, bipartisanship, I, this guy's a, I knew it. No, I'm supposed to kiss their ass and do bipartisanship. I'm supposed to go to Mitch McConnell and hug it out and do a beer summit with him. Like, oh, Mitch, how you doing, big guy? How you doing? Did you get the beer yet? Like, he's right here. Okay, like you Joe Biden them, right? <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> Are you convinced yet? I, I mean, you want to vote for me? No, you don't? Okay, forget it, forget it, it's okay, it's okay, I love you, brother, I love you. No, that strategy failed because they make their case, we don't make our case, and guess what? They win, it's not that complicated. Like Joe Donnelly is a perfect example. I, I, and look, why do I do the predictions? Yeah, they're fun, but it's to show you I'm not making it up, right? You can track it on your own. So I said Donnelly would get clobbered, and they're like, and McCaskill will get clobbered. And they're like, no, those are close. You don't know that. No, they might, we might pick those seats up. It's not close. Because if you write, run as a light Republican, Donnelly was like, did all those commercials like, oh, yeah, the Republican Party's right on guns and the Bible and just about everything else. So vote for me. I'm a Democrat. What? Like, he almost had the what in his ads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he got, and he lost worse than the polling indicated. He got. Slaughtered because if you make ads for your opponent, I'm pretty. I got news for you. It's very likely your opponent's going to win. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, all right. Now let's go to the crazy news from today. Um, so Jim Acosta had this uh, has this thing uh, where he talked to a senior and a former White House and national security official. Uh, okay. Well, there's two things. One was the national uh, uh, security official uh, that told him that. He was worried that Trump was compromised by the Russians. Okay, now I'm a little in. Acosta's a good reporter, but I'm a little annoyed that he held it for his book, right? So I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm. Okay, especially the second one. Um, uh, and the second one is a current, apparently, senior White House official, and said, apparently, admitted to Acosta, "quote The president is insane." And but we've gotten so used to it, you're not supposed to fight back, you know. So now we're like, oh, the president's insane. No, well, let's move on, right? Okay, tally-ho, or whatever they say, right? Wow, wow. The president is insane. That's a senior White House official. He is insane. I, you know, I had this daydream just before the show because of the Chinese story, which we're going to get to later, that they were going to ask, like, when the market crashes, because China is threatening massive retaliation, okay, um, that they're going to pull. Like the business guys are going to call Larry Kudlow because they're used to dealing with Kudlow. They know Kudlow from when he was on CNBC, and they know that he's a massive right winger, but he's not crazy, right? He he believes in the old conservative principles, which is make the rich richer. Okay, mm -hmm. just standard Republican stuff, right? And and but it's super pro business, and this is not helping business. They so this is my daydream. Kudlow gets a call from them, and he's like, they're like, what? Larry, what on, what is going on? I mean, the market's crashing. We're all screwed. What what's the plan? And that Cudlow just breaks and goes, guys, there is no plan. The president's insane, right? And like I almost saw it happening. And this is all like, I get it that it's in my imagination, but sometimes my imagination turns out to be right. Okay, when when he had everybody do. The, the yeah, testimonials. The, for let me tell you how much I love being here and so grateful to you. No, no, the, yeah, close. When oh. yeah, when he was, uh, he said, "Now tell everybody how calm I was when I was with Paul." Oh, that was unreal. Yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. And they're all at the press conference, and they all have to step up and say, "Yes, sir, you were very calm, sir. Very rational as always." I want to die, right? right. <laughs> and so, and so they all did that, and they and some of them did enthusiastically as always, right. like Kellyanne Conway, like. <laughs> Oh my God, I thought you were the calmest person in the room. <laughs> I thought the rest were hysterical. It was amazing how calm you were. 
Sarah Huckabee Sanders is like, you know who's not calm? Oh, you motherfuckers, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> but Kudlow, he pulled Kudlow up, at, he was sitting, he wasn't even supposed to be part of the press conference. He's like, Larry, Larry, you come up here, you, you. Well, by the way, my favorite out of that whole press conference was Hogan Gidley, who he he said, I tell everybody how calm I was. And Hogan's like, he's a, he's a junior to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the communications of the White House. And Hogan's like, oh, wonderfully calm, sir, terrific work, sir. Turns out he wasn't in the room. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't see that part. I only saw the excerpted part. That's yeah. great. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that he wasn't in the room. Oh. The others are lying anyway. Of course he wasn't calm. <laughs> but as long as you're lying, you know, what is the in for the thing, in for the other thing? Sure, right. In for a penny, in for a pound. That's right. In yeah. for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> so, yes, sir. I remember being there crystal clear. You were That's amazingly great. calm. Anyway, he pulls Cudlow out of his chair, and Cudlow comes and he looks defeated. He's like, yes, sir, you were very calm, sir. And then like goes back. And I was like, hmm, that's one to grow on. Yeah. There's a little something there. Yeah. The last time I sent something like that, I said Keith Abloh has women tied up in his basement. And it turned out <laughs> he did. <laughs> okay. So that was to be fair, <laughs> Keith Abloh does have a lot of accomplishments. He was on Fox News's medical A team. Okay, no B team for him. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> uh, all right, so, but the YouTube guys, I'm sorry, brother, I'm not trying to tease you, I'm not trying, but the, the Wall Street Journal story about the USS John McCain is what's coming up next. It's gonna take a little while to tell, otherwise I'd squeeze it in. But come on, you, hey, watch the free podcast, or listen to the free podcast and you'll get it. So uh, it's go to tyt.com, you'll see the podcast for old school, it's free, okay? So uh, let's keep going. Um, Wall Street Journal reporting today that when uh, Trump went to Japan, uh, to this trip, um, the White House told the United States Navy to cover up the USS John McCain because it would trigger the president. And so they told him to move the ship. But they're like, no, but the ship is damaged. And it's a giant, I think it's an aircraft carrier. We can't, we can't move it. They're like, okay, well then you gotta, Cover up the name with tarp, okay? And they're like, but the name's everywhere. They're like the guys who have caps on that says, they're like, which positions have the caps that say USS John McCain? They're like, oh, this position, this position, get them off the ship. Tell them they're on vacation. They had, because Trump was gonna walk by the ship and he didn't wanna see the name John McCain on it. Wow, I did not, I wow, did not it just know broke. This. It just broke. Wow. Wow, wow. I mean, so first of all, the, the ship is actually named partly after the Senator John McCain, but mainly after his dad and grandfather who were legendary admirals in the United States Navy, <laughs> okay? And his grandfather in World War II and, and his father during Vietnam and, and for his whole career. And so that's why John McCain, uh, was offered uh, to be released by the Vietnamese when he was in the prison camp. And because they wanted to say, oh, we let him go because of, uh, as a favor to his dad, and which would be slightly embarrassing to the to America and to his dad. Uh, but um, but in the greatest act of McCain's life, he said, no, if you're gonna keep the other soldiers you have captured here, I'm not leaving. And so that was an incredible act of heroism and valor and all those things. And he stayed in that prison camp for five years. So that's no joke. Now I got no love for McCain on anything else. Uh, no, nah, that's not even true. McCain-Feingold was good. And obviously the maintaining the ACA. But I don't want that to obscure the fact that 90% of his record was bad to abysmal. And he was a huge war hawk and totally don't, don't agree with him. But I'm giving you the full context. But it, let's say it's like the worst of the worst, right? There's an aircraft carrier named after Dick Cheney or John Bolton or Donald Trump, right? And I'm the president. What kind of a man child would you have to be? How insecure would you have to be? And plus a little unpatriotic to say the least, right? No. To say no, I disagree that you guys named the aircraft carrier that because that guy hurt my feelings. And in my case, I hate Dick Cheney not on any personal basis. I don't know the guy from Adam, sure. I hate his policies. But with Trump, John McCain hurt his feelings. Right, it's all personal. Yeah, 
And so he had it, the whole ship covered up uh, anywhere there was a John McCain on the trip. That is so. That's in, that is insanity. That's it's, insanity. It's and and here's the, I mean that's why I keep saying I focus on these things that are just like logical points that are indisputable, but yet we agree that the emperor has clothes when it's so obvious. No, that's why this shirt exists. No mentally stable person declares to the world that they are a very stable genius. N never, not one, not one mentally stable person has ever uttered that sentence. You only utter that sentence if you're not mentally stable. I mean, we've gone over this a thousand times, but I keep going over it because I can't believe that the whole country can't see it. The minute he says that, everyone should be done with him. It's like if you're hanging out with the guys and and all of a sudden, one of the guys screams, "You know, I'm not gay," and you're like, "Oh, okay, I guess John is gay. That's okay, right?" But yeah. like, why would you scream that in the middle of nothing, right? So, like, it's all right, good brother. It's, you know, he's gonna be fine, right? But you would Im immediately assume he was gay because just out of the blue, somebody says, "I'm not gay." You know that, right? Right? So you know how that works. So, but this is like. I feel bad equating it at all, right? Yeah, right. You, I'm just saying something outlandish out of out of the blue that somebody would say for no reason, right? So, but this is obviously extreme and like. Here's the here's the uh, the way that even if it's not explicit, implicitly, we as a culture somehow have gotten around this. We sort of have chalked it up. Again, we don't do this consciously, but this is the way it just, you know, the arithmetic works out. We chalk it up to, well, that's just crazy Uncle Don. He comes in the room, he, you know, starts barking things at people, he's insecure, he's kind of he's kind of wild, doesn't really know what he's doing half the time, but you know, he's our Don and we love him. I mean, I think there is an aspect of that and all of these things get folded into that. The love that his base has and that the GOP has for him, even though they all, they, they know. I mean, the GOP, they're not, Mitch I mean. McConnell knows, right. almost every Republican senator and congressman knows. Exactly, but, right. but the base is just, as you sort of suggest, yeah, right on, brother. Or they're, that's our crazy Uncle Don, but man, I'll tell you what, he's doing the things we wanna get done in this country. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I think. Look, it's one thing when you got crazy Uncle Don in your family, and everybody does, right? And and you you know, I had to tell the story of Uncle Fazel, uh, and so if he was related to us, it was a super distant relative. It was more like a family friend, but they were from the same hometown as my parents, right? We and we lived in East Brunswick, New Jersey together. And I'm 17. I'm going with my friend in the car. We are going by Food Town. We used to have Food Town back in the day. Uh, and uh, and we see uh, this guy, crazy guy, driving with an incredibly flat tire, not a little flat, like gone, <laughs> gone, like going on the wheel, right? Uh, and we're like, wait a minute, I know that car. Oh my god, that's Uncle Fossil, right? And so we like honk, honk, pull, over, like pull over, pull over. We roll down the window. He's like, what? What is it, Jake? What is it? <laughs> okay, what do you mean? What is it? Like your your tire's gone. It's obliterated. Like it doesn't exist anymore. Right? I'm exaggerating a little bit, but only a little bit. And he's like, oh, God damn it, why are you tell me? I could just drive home. I'm like, <laughs> no, but then you would damage the wheel. I mean, we we're trying to help you, right? He's like, ah, okay. And he gets his surgeon's gloves, okay? Or doctor's gloves, I don't think he was a surgeon. God, I hope he wasn't a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he gets the plastic gloves out of the, now we're pulled over, we're like, and we're watching, because we're 17, right? Yeah. And he's a doctor. So we're like, okay, I guess he knows what he's doing. He gets a hammer out of the trunk and goes and starts hitting the wheel. We're like, what the? F <laughs> what? Are you like Uncle Fazel, what are you doing? He's like, what do you mean? I fix wheel. <laughs> we're like, uh, no, no, you you know fix wheel. <laughs> okay, we fix wheel. Okay, don't worry, we got this. And we got the real thing out, but he was really hitting it with a hammer. Like that makes no sense at all. Right. So, so I know you got a crazy Uncle Don and a crazy Uncle Fuzzle. I had one too, right? But I was always scared that he was a doctor, mm. and I wouldn't have him. I mean, you put 
But I wouldn't put him as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Sure, right, right. right. And imagine if Uncle Fazel was the president. And that's what we have now. That's what we have now. I mean, you, you ask Trump, like, hey, can you do negotiations with North Korea? And he says, I don't have to, like, do you know anything about North Korea to have context for these negotiations? So I don't have to know anything. I'll know in one second if we're gonna have a deal. He literally said that. No, you won't, that's, that's nuts. Uncle Fazel's more sane than that, right? And then, and then he talked about how he loves Kim, Kim Jong-un, that they were in love. That's the thing Uncle Fazel would say, like, no, and you beg Uncle Fazel, no, you, he's a dictator, he has concentration camps. You might wanna do a peace deal, and I hear you, it's good, but me fix wheel, not you, because you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And you, you can't, can't say that you love a dictator like that. And that's, but the emperor has no clothes, he has no clothes. And we're all pretending that he does. Forget impeachment, I've been saying this for a long time, 25th Amendment. And so in my daydream, Kudlow's like, guys, like he realizes in the middle of the conversation with his banker friends and Wall Street friends, like, no, no, he's he's insane. Yeah, like certifiably. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that when I went in, and this is how it goes in my fantasy. Okay, I didn't know, I, but no, he's we gotta do something. And he convinces himself in the middle of the call that he's gotta call the cabinet together. Because they all know, they all look at all, every sure. Every leak from inside the White House says crazy, madman, inept, like just a lunatic. Yeah. And we're all going around like it's okay, it's not okay. Okay, so that leads me to China, and I've got more. He's got wildly anti-Semitic things he apparently said. So he's doing these tariffs on China, and you know, China d does cheat and trade, and so, there is logic in striking back, and but you've got to be extraordinarily careful, right? You have to have nuance and do it in a sophisticated way that hurts them, but doesn't make you seem like the bad guy, thereby creating a situation where they could retaliate and the world would not be with us, but maybe with them. And we lose some alliances and you've gotta do it in a way, you've gotta anticipate that they're gonna hit our farmers first, cuz that's a very classic American political, uh, you know, iconic, uh, iconic. I can't ever spit that out. Iconic, iconoclastic, or iconography. What is it? Iconography. Man. It, iconography. Iconography. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. God damn it! You see that? No wonder the people want you to make fun of. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're saying because yeah. they're emblematic of America. Yes, and especially farmers. if you're Trump and you, uh, it's the it's your voters in the red states, etc. Right. So. Um, so you have to anticipate that and think about it. You have to think two, three, four, five steps ahead, especially when you're dealing with the Chinese. But of course, this bull in a China shop, if you will, no. uh, comes in and he's like, Rah, tariff, me do tariff, I fix wheel, right? Well, he also doesn't understand really how the tariffs work. Of right? course not. No, he, he keeps saying that China's paying the tariffs. Yeah. They, that's And that brings me back to Cudlow. Cudlow was on Fox News, Chris Wallace like, Larry, you know that's not how tariffs work, yeah. right? The American companies pay the tariffs. He's like, uh. and again, he looked like defeated. Reek, like yeah. and defeated, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know that. Well, <laughs> right? the other thing from inside the White House, and then let you go to your main point, but is on just this point of tariffs that uh, Trump becomes Trump's irascible. Trump, Trump becomes irritated if you bring this up, like if you try to. Re-explain tariffs to him. He doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, so in other words, would admit, he would be admitting that he doesn't know anything, yeah. or he doesn't know one thing, let alone everything. I'm sure people say, "So well, as you know, Mr. President, he doesn't." Yeah, I know. You know, you yeah. don't need to explain anything. You know, no, no. He in his uh, tweet over the weekend where he was uh, laughing along with Kim Jong Un as Kim Jong Un made fun of Biden. So there was 17 unhinged things in one tweet, mm. but he misspelled Joe Biden. Yeah. Okay, I'm surprised he didn't misspell Joe. Like, right. okay, but he spelled it B I D A N. I mean, it's not like Joe's a spring chicken. He ain't been around yeah. a while. If you haven't figured out how to spell Biden, it's not a complicated name. Anyway, and they left it up. They left it up. <laughs> they left it up. Well, because Look, you know, that's your point, though. That's my point. Yeah. Because no one can say to him, I'm, Mr. President, it's, this is awkward. Of course, you didn't mean it that way. And you met, it, it's was, a mis, it was the mis, keyboard's fault, right, obviously. Right, right. And these goddamn iPhones, I bet the Chinese make them. But you pressed A instead of E, right? 
no one can even say that. Right. And that's why they gotta cover up the USS John McCain, because he is mentally unstable. And he gets triggered by the smallest things. You know that Pete Hegseth guy, I mean these ass kissers. Oh, it's unbelievable. I, in a sense, I love that they are exposed. Like Hegseth's got that big square head, right? He's like, oh, I am a tough guy. I like people who commit war crimes, convince Trump to let go of some of the war crimes guys and pardon them, <laughs> right? And then he said the other day, he's like, you know, I think this president is incredible for how thick his skin is. He has the thinnest skin on the planet. Yeah. yeah. But Hex is like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got a new creative way to kiss Donald Trump's ass. I'm so tough. I'm so tough. I feel as though all those people are just auditioning to be cabinet officials. I mean, yeah. I really do. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so, anyway, since Trump can't do it in a sophisticated way and he's bungled this, now the Chinese uh, come out and say this. This is by the People's Daily, which is, of course, run by the government in China. Quote, we advise the US side. Not to underestimate the Chinese side's ability to safeguard its development rights and interests. Don't say we didn't warn you. Now, you might think, okay, if it's Kim Jong-un, he's gonna say stuff like that every other day and it's not a big deal and he's gonna say he's got a big button, and then Trump's gonna like that and be like, oh, my button's big too. Let's let's look at let's look at each other's buttons when we get together, okay? And let's see which one's bigger, right? So, but this is not North Korea and it's not a bunch of Yahoos, okay? This is China. And apparently, they've only used this phrase, don't say we didn't warn you, two other times in its history. One when they invaded India, and the other when they invaded Vietnam. Wow. Okay, so those, they started two wars, and right before those wars, they used the exact phrase, don't say we didn't warn you. Okay, now they're not going to invade America, don't get me wrong, that's a whole different animal. No, right? it's a, this, is a, this is an economic invasion. That's right. So the... Markets got jittery today, but I, I don't know what this means, okay? But I do know that if I was on the US side, I'd be concerned. And I'd be thinking about what could those measures be? What could our countermeasures be? We gotta think ahead here, guys. I mean, they're gonna go, they hinted that they're gonna go for the mineral rights. How much damage would that do? How could we counteract that damage? I'd be think. I mean, I'd be up all night coming up with plans on what they could do and how we could respond to it. Do we escalate or do we de-escalate? Should we de-escalate now, or does that look like it's giving in? But is it worse if we give in after they actually do the retaliation? You should be game planning this through and through. You think Trump's done one one percent of that? Of course not. He's probably prevented from doing it, others from doing their job. But sir, we should get ready for when the mineral rights, is, this is a real problem because it's in all the iPhones and all that. He's like, no, I got it, I'll solve it in one second. I'll just go in there, okay? And she and I have a very good relationship, okay? No, what you do is you stay strong, okay? So, and you know, I'll harken back to, man, I'm, I can't get enough of beating up Donald Trump today. That's correct. Uh, yeah. But this is new stuff. I didn't know about. Well, it, as you say, the Wall Street Journal just broke that story about yeah. the. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so, when Donald Trump uh, found out that you could threaten to take over companies, so this is back, I think, in the eighties, right? Uh, and then the so you'd buy some stock, threaten to take over, do a hostile takeover of the company, and the price would go up because people are like, oh, there's a hostile takeover. They're going to do a higher price, higher bids. And then you dump the stock. Sure. Okay, it's called pump and dump, right? Yeah, or it's a version of pump and dump. Yeah, it's a version of it, and it's it's unscrupulous. You could play that game a couple of times, and then but if you keep bluffing, people some, get they're, hip they're, to it. Yeah. That's right. They're going to call your bluff. But since tr Trump is unsophisticated, he's like, oh, this is so easy. I do, <laughs> I do this every time, right? So. It worked the first three times, and he made a lot of money, right? <laughs> and then the fourth time, it might have been with American <laughs> Airlines, but he's like, "I'm going to take over this uh, company." <laughs> this is so easy. <laughs> I got this right, and everybody's like, "No, you're not." Okay, and the stock price started to go down. He's like, "Wait, well, what do you mean?" No, I'm going to take it over. <laughs> you see, there is no Plan B. There's never a Plan B, right? right? They're like, "No, you're not," and the price kept going down. He yells one more time, and he, by the time he finally got out of the stock, he'd lost everything he'd made in then. So, wow, okay, because he's an idiot. Mm. He's an incredibly shallow thinker. So, 
I don't know what China's got planned, but here's what I know, we're not ready for it. Right. I, I don't know what the whole world has planned for us, but here's what I know for sure, we're not ready for it. I don't know what North Korea is gonna do. I mean, he fired, the, they test, started testing missiles again. Sure. They fire missiles and Trump says, no, they're not. In that same insane tweet with the misspelling of the Joe Biden, he's like, my intelligence guys are telling me that they're firing missiles, but I don't think they are. What the f what? That's not a like, well, it's that's not, not a matter of opinion. Right, and, right? And, and others, I mean, the UN has said that. The UN said it's a violation of, uh, you know, of, of your agreement. Uh, it's, it's like Ron Burgundy, uh, when he's like, you know, I don't remember the exact thing, but like two plus two equals four, he's like, agree to disagree. <laughs> No, that's not yeah. a thing we agree to disagree over. That's uh, actually the the North Korea thing is of great concern to me because the thing that they're also doing is they've really ratcheted up the rhetoric. So Kim, who had been, you know, missile testing, but you didn't hear much. Now he's missile testing, and now he's accusing the U.S. of. Um, I just saw it before we went on the air here. Um, He's accusing the U.S. Of, of not being honest brokers in, and, and mm -hmm. claiming some leverage that the U.S. has. And, and what concerns me about that is, you know, you've got John Bolton who feels that, they're, that some sort of military response to North Korea is appropriate. He's maintained that for some time now. And so you have what is a clear violation of a, of a, of a pact. Yeah, right, and yep. and the U.N. Is, has said that, and other U.S. allies have said it. Uh, even though Trump hasn't come to that party yet. But what you also have is Kim now ratcheting up the rhetoric. And, and I'm worried about us backing into some kind of confrontation there in North Korea. So I'm concerned about that at the same time. I'm worried we're going to back into a confrontation with Iran. Oh, and yes. we're, I mean, look at the two idiots in charge, Trump and Bolton. Um, so somebody, the other day, Bill Crystal and Jennifer Rubin were yelling at Bernie Sanders on Twitter. Uh, this you know old Stalinist or whatever, and he's so inflexible. He's and we would say so unlikable, right? Uh, I, in repeating my tweets is kind of annoying, but like I'm like, well, you guys killed nearly a million innocent Iraqi civilians, right? I think it's a little bit more unlikable. Yeah, right? on the likability scale, right? <laughs> yeah, ooh, right. But so then somebody um, uh, put up a video of Bill Crystal. After the Iraq War had begun, and he's like, "Look, look, I, I want to get the expectations right. People have some unrealistic expectations that this war is going to be over in a uh, in a couple of weeks, and that's not fair. It'll take one or two months." Oops. Wow. Right. And by the way, the, the people thought that it's because the neoconservatives inside the administration had literally said it would take two weeks, right? So then Crystal's like, "Oh, did we say two weeks? No, we meant two months." And obviously, a couple of decades later, mm. <laughs> right? And so, these guys don't know what they're doing. Bolton was part of the neocons that thought Iraq would be a cakewalk. We would be greeted as liberators, sure, right? And so he, like, you know what their unbelievably stupid plan in Iran is? I forget if it was New York Times or Washington Post that broke the story, but they say, oh, you know what? We also have cyber weapons. I was like, okay. I'm like, this is beginning to sound like. Sharks with laser beams <laughs> on their heads, right? Uh, so they no, said, "I was just—I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just there's just no conception. It wouldn't seem of how uh, gargantuan a mistake uh, any kind of military conflict with Iran is going to be. I'm—I'm mm -hmm. I'm astounded by that." Yeah. So they said, "No, you know, we could turn off all their electricity." Oh right. Yeah. I see. And. Yeah. Like, no, 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 but and like, okay, you got the sharks, they got the laser beams on their heads, but what happens next? And they're like, no, no, they would then, you know, they would obviously surrender. Why the fuck would they surrender? What does that mean? Like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Also, what is surrender? You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Who exactly what is it? You know, right? <laughs> I don't even think they've got, just as they didn't in Iraq have even, they're the, here's something they had the plans drawn up, just as Bolton has drawn up these plans for Iran before he even hit the White House. And yet, they don't really have a plan. I mean, even though there's a plan drawn up, there's no plan for what's actually going to happen. And, and they're, look, I hate to say this, because, but they're way underestimating Iran. Of, uh, of course, you're right. First of all, Iran is four times the size of Iraq, so you have no idea what you're getting into. Second of all, Iran uh, is much more technologically advanced than Iraq was when we invaded Iraq, and uh, and they're 
and they have embedded all throughout the Middle East agents. And so that's one of the reasons we use to agitate against them. Oh my God, they got Hezbollah, they got Hamas that they fund sometimes, and then they've got agents in all these countries. So do we. We have 43 military bases surrounding Iran, right? But but we think we're invincible. But just like we warned before Iraq, I, you might not know what that word means, right? And and can we pulverize Tehran if we wanted to? Yes. But what did you win? And 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 is that really winning? And then what do you have? Do you go and take over the government? But so what if you took Tehran? How about the rest of the country? Yeah. Right. And then so what if you took it for a week and then you're surrounded? Right. Right. No, this is what I say when they've got a plan but they don't have a plan. That's what I mean by that. It's, yeah. it, it's it's absurd. There is a military plan, as you say. You've got great military might, U.S. Okay. But you don't have a plan for what you're going to do after your bombing. Just like you didn't have a plan for what you were going to do after your bombing in Iraq. Uh, or Afghanistan for that matter. And there was no there was no consolidated army in Afghanistan and you still don't have a plan for the country. Now we're, you know, now it's all about Taliban uh, and so on. Uh, we just don't think these through and as you suggest Jenk, but there isn't even the mental horsepower to think it through because you wouldn't yeah. even be talking about it if there was. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not the blind leading the blind, it's the insane leading the insane, right? Bolton's a madman and and he seems relatively sane compared to Donald Trump. But these are the crazy guys that are in charge of the biggest military ever built by mankind. It, it, if you're not scared by that, you're not paying attention and you don't get the depth of the problem. And you know, we think, oh, we're almost there, there's almost like a year and a half left and that's it, right? Year and a half is a long time. It's in Trump years, that's like three decades. Agreed. Right. Agreed. And and this guy could snap at any moment and do something unfathomably insane. He had like he hasn't gone full insane, other than like all the histrionics, etc. Right. He's leaking insanity. Right. But he hasn't gone nuclear insane, maybe quite literally, in two and a half years. So we've lulled ourselves into. a False sense of complacency that no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna push any buttons. He's not really gonna do that. No, you don't know, man. This guy can do anything, yeah. anything. Well, he asked three. Was it three times? He asked. I know he asked repeatedly. How come we don't use the nukes? We've got such a great nuclear arsenal. Why don't we use them? I mean, they're there to be used. You remember uh, he then said, "Why don't we make it ten times as big?" And right, like that is, he has no idea how. Unbelievably expensive that would be. Right. That would bankrupt the country, right? And that's the meeting that Rex Tillerson walked out and said, "This guy's a moron," right? And then he got so hurt when that got leaked to the press that he had to eventually let go of Rex Tillerson, yeah. right? And by the way, Tillerson, I saw the story. I just saw the headline. I didn't get a chance to read it. This was a couple of days ago. Apparently, about testifying, Tillerson called the Capitol hotline. Was like, "I'm right here. What do you need?" Wow. Okay, it's such wow. a funny thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. A, a festival of me. people who don't want to testify. There's one guy going, hey, man. Like, yeah, no, no, no. He's a moron, and I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know if he would, and I'd have to read the body of the article, obviously, to get the, the actual uh, content. But but that would be interesting. Uh, well, everyone who comes out of that White House, who, who speaks in any way candidly, has so, says the same thing. I think last political thing, then I really want to move on to some uh, fun thing. I'm angry at scientists, and I want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, shoot, now I forgot it. Um, You're talking about Tillerson, people who come out of the White House, everybody can. Oh, yeah, candidly. thank you. Uh, I'm, I might be imagining this because. I, I think I've thought it a couple of times and it didn't come to fruition. Um, but I think Amash was a turning point. And I think that uh, like I, I can see cracks in the veneer. So Amash comes out and says, what do you, I read the report. He, it's, what he did was obviously illegal, right? And, and that's begun like a little bit of a right wing pushback, just a little bit. Most are still obviously firmly in Trump's corner. I don't want to over exaggerate the power of that. But then Steve Bannon apparently told Michael Wolff um, that Trump's another uh, scumbag. Whoa, Steve Bannon saying that, and he's like, they, and the and the base is going to find out. And they think he's worth ten billion dollars. He's worth maybe fifty million, right? And it's all tricks, and he's just serving the rich. 
I was like, that's the only genuinely populist thing I've heard Steve Bannon say. Yeah. Right. The rest is like, I hate Indian people randomly. Right. right. <laughs> but um, so, okay, so he's lost the Bannons. I get it. He kicked Bannon out of the White House and called him Sloppy Steve, which I have to confess is one of the good nicknames good. He, he came up with, right? Uh, but, uh, but now you got Bannon, you got Steve Bannon, uh, you got uh, Amash, you got. Napolitano saying on air nonstop, nah, he did it. He did it. He did it. He said, Napolitano said it again today. Today, Brett Baer said, well, Mueller didn't say he didn't do it. <laughs> right? right. And I'm starting to see cracks. Sure. No, Fox News Channel is it, it's starting to, unless you get to Hannity, who, you know, who literally uh, can't say anything that's in, in any way critical of the president, even Fox News Channel is being forced to admit to what's in plain sight. Yeah, the three amigos are gonna go down with the ship, right? It is probably more of them, but uh, Hannity, Lou Dobbs, and Jeanine Pirro. Uh. They're gonna be the last ones on. In fact, Trump's gonna leave the ship, and he's gonna be like, no, it's fine, guys, you guys should say, okay? Just gratuitously, and they'll be like, yes, sir, of course, sir. This is the best ship we've ever been on. <laughs> Why are we in the bottom of the ocean? I think I'm about to die. But at the very, even in that last moment, they're gonna be thinking, I love Trump. <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, so let's have fun. Um, why am I angry at scientists? Um, first of all, it's because they went along with that Chinese hoax about climate change. <laughs> that's obvious. Um, oh no! What if that's what the Chinese mean when they say, "Don't say we didn't warn you." <laughs> They're like. Okay, now we take climate change away. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be the cup in front of you. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, so no, scientists, what is yeah, the, what's your so beef with scientists, Jack? My beef with scientists is beef. Um, so, but not in the same way that you have a beef with beef. Yeah, um, it's my beefiness that I have an issue with. All right. So scientists are amazing and they've done all these wonderful things, and I'm always yelling hashtag science on air. Yet these some bitches still haven't figured out a way to get me to magically lose weight. Oh yeah, you're looking for the weight loss pill. Yeah, how, we've been on this thing for a long time now. Yeah. And it would be the single most profitable thing they ever did, and yeah. they still can't solve it. Jesus and Lord mercy, guys, I'm running out of time here. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, like, I'm 49 years old. We're gonna figure this thing out, right? And so I want to be able to eat like I do. I mean, well, the best they've come up with, and this is not a small item, is they've come up with a whole class of meds that will offset your horrible eating habits in terms of what's happening in your blood vessels. And those are the Lipitors and the what are the statins of the world? They call yeah, them I'm not statins. Interested. No, no, I'm just no, no. I know you want, You're only yeah. talking about the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, no, no, healthy. Uh, yeah. No, no, that's but that's healthy. about the best they've done, Jack. They can they can clean you up on the inside, but you're going to have to, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. You're going to take your foot off the gas for it to get the outside to go down. Yeah, not buying it. No. Yeah. I, look, I believed in you guys, and you let me down. <laughs> you did. So I, I twisted my ankle uh, playing basketball on Monday, uh, and uh, so now look, I'm in this kind of disaster disastrous shape. And you play basketball, and I and I work out three four times a, a week. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So now because of my ankle, it's all purple, it's swollen and stuff. I won't be able to work out for at least a month. And so wow, you got to back off then. Katie, man. bar the door. Right? No, you got to back off. So just, now. Yeah. Every every morning when I get on the scale, I tell the scale, brace for impact. <laughs> okay. and, so, and it's true. Like I, it was. I'm like, holy shit, how, how how did I gain that much in one day? And then the second day, I'm like, if this thing keeps wow. going, right? Jank. Well, I'll tell you, I don't work out at all. I God hate working God. out. God. I swear to God. I hate it. I make up all kinds of excuses on my way to the gym. I stop in the kitchen. I make a sandwich. I swear to you. And I just finished my uh, physical last week. 
And I told the doctor, I said, look, I'm sorry, I don't work out at all. I like how you apologize to the doctor. He's like, it ain't my life, brother. No, he said, no, he said, that's gonna change. We're gonna change that. Uh -huh. You're not gonna become some, you know, roly poly, whatever. He, he was like, he took it as a challenge. I'm thinking, how are we gonna change that? I mean, I'm gonna yeah. leave this office and I'm still not gonna work out. I don't yeah. understand what you're, how we're gonna change it, but all right. I like the determination with which you say it. Uh, but then he, you know, he's got me naked in there, standing there. He goes, "Well, you look all right. I don't understand. Uh, you've even got decent muscle tone for, you know, I can't believe yeah. it." And then all the labs come in, and they're all clean. And so that's the other side of it. Here you are working out like a fiend. You play basketball, full court hoops, and I'm sitting at home, you know, watching YouTube videos. And I'm just, you oh, know, that's good. You should keep that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I've, I've got yeah. that good uh, lab. In fact, guys, that's the secret to being thin. I don't get it. Since I'm on YouTube so often, I don't get a chance to watch YouTube enough. If you watch more of YouTube, especially Young Turks, you will lose a lot of weight. So I talked to, I, I bumped into a buddy of mine who's an MMA fighter. Uh huh. And I told him this. And he said, Oh, no, but you're, it's what you eat. He said, It's mostly what you eat. He said, The exercise thing, he said, that's wildly overrated. Yeah, so uh, for the podcast, guys, let me tell you one last story so you get a full podcast and then and then we'll do the last half hour. Um, so I'm upstairs and I know I gotta eat less because I can't work out, so I'm in bad shape. And I got a Jersey Mike sub. You know, of course, usual extra oil and vinegar, extra mayo. Uh, <laughs> I, but I applaud that, it does taste great. It tastes great, are you kidding me, are you kidding me? Uh, super, of course, a super sub with all the Italian meats and provolone and stuff. Oh and, okay, so, and I said, no, no, Jake, only eat half of it, okay? You're gonna go on old school, you can eat the other half later, Don't just, okay, just eat half, okay? So, I, and, and I enjoy every bite and I did a good job savoring it, right? I'm, there's one thing I'm good at, it's enjoying food, okay? <laughs> I, I, I swear to you that I would be internationally ranked. Okay, if they're ranking how much, I'm not even f***ing with you. I might be number one. Okay, like, no, no, like, especially no. when I get high and I'm like. Oh, well, that's, oh. no, that doesn't count. No, that doesn't no, count. No, 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 no. When you're no, high, no. it's like, a, it's, a, it's, no, a, it's unbelievable. No, but Mark, you don't know how high I get. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Like, if you think you enjoyed your food while you were high, you ain't seen nothing yet, man. So the other day, I'm having like a peanut butter and banana milkshake while like sky high, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> and I see like the DNA of the peanut butter and the banana, and then they like merge, and then it like then it becomes me, right? And I'm like, <laughs> like I might have broken the human record. Enjoying food in that very moment. Yeah, it does sound like you're on another level. I yeah, no, that. I am. I swear to God, yeah. if you've ever believed me in, in anything, believe me in this. I'm on another level of enjoying food. Okay, so I eat the first half of the sub, and I savored it. I and then I'm like, okay, all right. I just, right, just sec, just I'll take, I'll just eat another a uh, half of the other half. Okay, mm -hmm. and I savor that, and I'm like, okay, good. It's not that much left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what am I saving this for, right? <laughs> okay, you know what? It's just, just another half of the half, <laughs> and of course I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the that, of course. No, I'm not good at that either. I'm not good at, at, at the temptation right there. Yeah. I can't stop eating those those sub sandwiches either. Admittedly, mine are all veggie, but that doesn't. It, you're, you're, there's something else in the alchemy of it, or something with the oil and vinegar. That's why I'm so sympathetic to that. You just can't stop, you're ravenous and you just, I, yeah. I get it, you inhale the whole thing. Yeah, you gotta know your weaknesses, okay? All right, <laughs> uh, podcast, remember tyt.com slash trial, just try it out, it's a free, uh, week uh, free you get. Go nuts, go watch all the old old schools, especially the ones that Mark's on, okay? Oh, and go to the edge with Thank Mark you, Thompson. I've got a freaking podcast that I never mention enough. It's called The Edge with Mark Thompson. Um, Actually, the founder of the, the the founder of the Enquirer's son is on talking about how the National Enquirer was birthed. Oh yeah, this yeah, week. I know that guy. Yeah. And uh, uh, oh, I think you actually interviewed him also, yeah. Paul Pope. And then uh, Michael Shore. I think that episode drops in like hours. Michael Shore will be on. So all there right, go. everybody, check that out. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, members, stay right here. Obviously, thanks okay. for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com/join.